Hello, and welcome to Rocket Accelerated Geek Conversation. I'm your host, Christina Warren, Senior Cloud Advocate at Microsoft. I'm joined, as always, by my friend, Brianna Wu, Executive Director of Rebellion Pack. Simone de Rochefort is, uh, is not here today because she like needed time off or something and whatever, Simone. No, Simone, uh, Simone couldn't be with us today. Uh, we love her. We wish her well. We, she will be back next week. But we're super, super, super excited because we have an excellent um, guest host in her place. Mr. Renee Ritchie from the YouTubes is here with us. And um, that is actually fantastic because we're going to be talking about the new Apple event. Renee, how are you? Good. It is so great to be here with you both. And I, I'm used to covering Apple events with you, Christina. So this just feels like the way it's supposed to be. <laughs> it really does. It does feel like it's the way it's supposed to be. And real quickly, because I forgot to add this because I am not as good as Simone, this episode is brought to you by Squarespace. All right. So we're going to get into the Apple event. We're going to talk some, uh, some news that, you know, it's hel- Intel might be not completely dead. And then for uh, frequent lo- Rocket listeners, we have some fantastic dessert because there is a new update about one of our show's most uh, popular and I, I, dare, I dare say it like most uh, endearing and enduring characters. <laughs> is that about right? That's it. That's it. Uh, sort of our, our Patronus, I think you could say. <laughs> I think so. I think I think so. Um, all right. So, yeah, Renee, as you mentioned, you and I, like, for, God, it feels like a decade, like, we've covered Apple events together. And um, I um, we're going to talk about uh, everything that, that Apple announced. But I wanted to kind of get your perspective, especially now that, I mean, you still primarily do Apple stuff on your YouTube channel, but yeah. you're not attached to a site that is solely focused on Apple. So what was what was your take, kind of your big takeaway from the event? I think it was a good event overall. And I say that as someone, you know, who's been watching all the events, the Samsung events, the Google events, and watching companies struggle with not in-person events, with some of them just filming empty stages, empty yeah. crowds, and others doing really weird hodgepodges. But I think after the fir- after WWDC and a September event, Apple's kind of got their remote groove on. Yeah, yeah. No, I would agree with that. I think that it certainly seemed less um, maybe... I mean, it's still stilted because that's just the nature of how these pre-recorded things are. But it was I think they're getting better and better each time. Uh, Bree, what are your thoughts? Like, what, what, what did you think of the event? You know what I think? It's like this weird part of the, the pandemic, right? Like, how quickly this seems to be normal. Like, Tim Cook standing in the new Apple campus. And it's yeah. all like, you know, hi, welcome to our beautiful like building we spent like almost a billion dollars on where no one works because no (laughs) one can work because of coronavirus. And I just like, as I'm watching it, like production value is fine, but I was used to it. And I'm like, that was my thought. This is messed up. Yeah. 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 No, I agree with that. Like that, that that's the one part of it that like seemed weird is that they're showing the campus where no one is and where presumably none of them have been for months. And I couldn't tell. I mean, I think that in some cases they certainly were actually live on the campus. But and maybe this was just because I was watching on a smaller screen and not on a big screen and, and obviously not there in person. But uh, it seemed like some of it was just like like, you know, green screen backgrounds. Am I wrong on that? It's a huge debate. People are zapper like you know, Alex Lindsay types are zapping all the footage to try to see if they can, if the reflections match, if the wind <laughs> on the trees outside match. Although I was all about 007 Cayenne Drance Bond, though. That was just a great moment 
I don't know how they cleared the rights for the theme song or if Sony now, because they're losing Daniel Craig, will come knocking on the door and Jaws has to start guarding it with like extreme <laughs> vigilance. But I, I love those little sort of moments, especially because all of this is going on. Yeah, yeah, no, it was, it's interesting. Um, you know, so I've been doing some um, internal and external events uh, at Microsoft where I work, and we've kind of done a, a hybrid thing in that there are some things that are uh, that executives are doing in front of green screens, and that sort of thing. And then there are some things where people are recording from home. And then we actually do have our studio up and running with socially distanced uh, things in place where, you know, we can uh, have live hosts and whatnot. But yeah, I, I that was the one that was kind of my one question. I was like, are are those green screens? Is that not? I mean, in any event, it looks great. So maybe it's lidar. It's that, that new lidar app. It lets them render three D <laughs> hosts on virtual backgrounds. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Well, um, this you know event was also kind of interesting in that once again, but this time the leaks did not come internally. Like they were not yeah. leaked by Apple themselves' website. But we basically knew every single thing that was going that was announced down to the yep. pricing. Yep. Um, that is, I mean, we've seen this over the last couple of years that's become more common. Although I think this time, like literally everything was leaked ahead of time. Um, does that change the fun of the event or any aspect of that to either of you, knowing that we're going to see everything? I, I you know, it's always great to get a one more thing, right? Like it's 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 like a Pavlovian response at the end of it. Like you just want to ring that bell one more time and say one more thing and get that cool thing you weren't expecting. But it it really doesn't uh, it it personally doesn't affect me. Um, I I almost enjoy like I'm the opposite of a Marvel movie, right? Like a yeah. new Marvel movie comes out, I just don't want to read or do anything about it. I just won't read any tweet about it. But with an Apple event, I just maybe it's because it's my job and I I read Mac rumors every day. It it personally doesn't bother me. And I'm Renee. Maybe tell me how you feel about this. But I can't remember the last time I was truly like thrilled and blown away at an Apple. Event. I guess it was like the the Mac Pro announcement for the trash can. That was yeah. the last time I was really filled with wonder. But I, that's how I feel. Yeah, I'm in a strange place where I wish I'm exactly like you with like Marvel and Star Wars and all those movies. I don't want to know. I want to feel that for the first time. But also I'm a little bit like Christina where I'll watch my favorite movies a hundred times because I just want to enjoy every little bit about how it's pulled off. So in in like my heart. I want to be those Apple store employees at the event back when they were still events because they're super yeah. keyed into Apple, but they have no idea about any of the rumors. So they're just like <laughs> yelling, oh my God, we're getting this. I've been waiting for this for years. Yeah. And they're so happy. But because I know this stuff, now it just comes to how well are they performing it. And I just mean right. some of the stuff is mm-hmm. controversial. Like all design is a compromise. You can never do everything you want. And I'm interested to hear their rationalizations and justifications for why they made the choices they did and then see how that stacks up to my experience with them later. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that's kind of an interesting thing as you like you actually encapsulated it perfectly. Like we know the script in advance. And so now the big thing is like, okay, how well is this acted? How well is this performed for us? Uh, But, um, you know, I will say, even though I'm kind of with both of you and that I I don't care so much if I know uh, 
in advance or not. And in fact, part of me would kind of rather want to know. I get excited about hearing about the details rather than maybe seeing the reveal itself. There is still something nice about having something that's completely unexpected. You know, like even Rose Gold, like there had been some rumors about that, but just seeing that, uh, you know, in person, that was pretty exciting for me. Uh, The the trash can, you know, was was a big moment too. But um, let's get into what they announced. So the first thing that was announced was the HomePod Mini. And uh, Brianna and I have different opinions on the HomePod. She loves hers. (laughs) It remains my biggest gadget mistake. (laughs) But the HomePod Mini is $99, which I have to start off by saying this is the exact right price point. And in fact, I may even buy another one. I I know, I know, I said I would never do it, but (laughs) $99 is compelling. So it's $99. The design is actually, I think, really beautiful. Uh, I think it's a really, really good-looking design. And they, once again, kind of, it'll come in in space gray or in white. And they once again basically said that it will support other uh, music services, although notably Spotify wasn't mentioned. I I think there's some debate about whether that's going to be supported or not. I think technically it will be, but the fact that it wasn't mentioned and Pandora and they said it's in their court. The ball is in their court. They're completely open to it. They just have to implement the APIs for oh it. Oh my God. Okay. Well, all right. Well then it's unclear when Spotify support will come. But but Pandora, I'm rolling my eyes here because who cares? <laughs> and um Amazon, you know, music uh are both coming. Uh I don't know how many people who are Amazon Music subscribers would get any sort of HomePod over yeah. just getting uh, an Echo, to be totally honest. Like, I, that's that's a weird one, but okay, go on. Uh, but it's $99. It'll be out. Uh, it'll be, be available, uh, it will be available on November 16th, and it'll go out for pre-order on November 6th. Uh, what, what's, uh, what's the consensus from both of you? What do you think about this? I love it. Right price point. Um, obviously, the the sound of it is not going to be as good. It's just I don't see how it could be. No. Though, though we'll 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 get one and we'll compare it. Uh, we'll see how it is. Um, I'm going to put one in most rooms in my house. Uh, you know, definitely. You know, downstairs in my office. Um, you know, definitely the bedroom. You're going to scare Frank, aren't you? You're going to intercom scare the hell out of Frank. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> no, I I use Siri all the time. I do. I'm living in that Star Trek future. Everything from Siri set me an alarm on bacon some fries to you know Siri lock the front door, all that stuff. Like I'm in the Star Trek future. I want more HomePod access for that. Will not have like the Amazon product in my home for cybersecurity reasons. So um, I'm all in on this. Uh, I love it. Uh, Christina, please sell me your old one, and uh, <laughs> that way I'll have a nicer version downstairs. Uh, Renee, what about you? What do you think? Yeah, I I really like the, like, just the nerdy computational audio aspects of the device. You know, previously they had an A8 in in the big HomePod, and now they have the the S5, which is the Apple Watch chip from last year, from the Apple Watch SE. But it's, that's just an architectural thing. They want to have a whole computer system on a chip, not just the SOC, not just the, the main compute engines. But it's really powerful. Like it uses the same architecture as I think the A12, the A11 or the A12. And that's a lot of power. It doesn't do everything the big one does. Like it won't, as far as I can tell, it won't ingest Dolby Vision or 5.1 and give you a virtual soundstage of the same magnitude. It's more like mono or stereo pair. But just putting it everywhere and having exactly what Bree said, that ambient computing environment. And I'm the first to admit Siri is... 
underwhelming. Terrible? Compared, yeah, I mean, it's, it's not- I mean, it's, it's terrible. It's not, it's not just it, a terrible. It hasn't worked for three days. It hasn't worked for three days for sports. Like as we record this, it's literally not worked for three days. So for sports. It, <laughs> I contend it's worse than that because if it was just terrible, I would move on. But it has moments right. of utility, mm, inter- mm, interspersed with moments of absolute despair, and I just have learned helplessness now. <laughs> yeah. No. Actually, I think you're exactly correct. That is the worst part because there are moments when Siri can be so good and. Yeah. They're so few and far between that you don't know what to expect. Also, Siri is different on every single device. Like Siri on Apple TV is really good. Siri on Apple Watch is pretty decent. Siri on HomePod and on a lot of other stuff is just bad. So, yeah, I'm um, I'm with you on that. Um, and yeah, I mean, I, I I don't know how I will more than likely get one and I'll compare it. The price point is correct. This is, I think, where they should have gone earlier. They are still going to... You know, the, the the Google Nest Mini, I think, is $50, and some of the Echo devices are less expensive. But this, I think, gets it into that point, which is a lot better. Uh, according to um, Jim Darlimple uh, at The Loop, um, there is going – you can basically, you know um, – you can't make a peri- a, a stereo pair between a HomePod and a HomePod Mini. So that's disappointing. But you can make a stereo pair between two HomePods or two HomePods Minis. Uh, but also they do claim that uh, some sort of like home theater support is coming, uh, which I'm assuming will make it easier. So it's there, but it's different in that you only get like with with the big home pods, the home pod embiggened, you get five, you can basically simulate a 5.1 spatial audio stage. But with these, really? you only get mono with one or 2.0 if you have a, a stereo pair. So it's just not as impressive audio. Wait a minute. You're telling me if I get two home pods, like if you've priced out sound bars lately, and I have because I spent so much time watching Netflix on my Apple TV, like you can get the equivalent of a really decent sound bar for $600 through your yeah. Apple TV. It's sort of because they don't actually have the speaker. So they can ingest the, right. the signal, like the mapping that comes from 5.1 or or from huh. Dolby, um, not Dolby Vision, Dolby Atmos but they have no upward facing speakers and you have no physical speakers beside you. So they're making a computational sound stage, which drives some people crazy and other people just can't tell the difference. So it really depends on your acumen. I can't tell the difference. Yeah. I would say that my, my one concern about using any of the airplay or airplay two speakers as a sound bar. And I've done it in the past is that unless everything you are watching is coming from an Apple, from an airplay two support device, yeah. like, you're it's not it's not going to fulfill your needs because oh, right yeah because the 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 playstation right exactly like the yeah. xbox yeah. yeah right so so if yeah. you're only watching things on an apple tv or if you have a tv that supports airplay 2 and you can output you know the sound that way then maybe but um the advantage of a sound bar is that you know it's using an optical output or it's using yep. uh you know arc or something and so it can it can handle a lot more um but yeah i mean i uh it's interesting what they're going to be doing in terms of uh, the, I guess, some of the home theater stuff. The pairing thing makes sense. It's a little disappointing, uh, but but it makes sense that you would only be able to do that together. I'm a big Sonos person, and so what I am looking forward to if I get one is that I can still group it with my other Sonos speakers and then you know uh, play whatever I want that way, uh, which. You know, because I'm who cares about Siri? I don't care. Uh, that's not something <laughs> wow. that I, I don't care. I don't Cold. use it. Like, I, wow. I'm sorry I'm with Renee. Like, it just can't be relied on. And it's interesting because my Sonos ones have a built in, you know, um, Alexa support, but I don't use that on those either. But um, 
I, I just prefer kind of that interface and whatnot. But yeah, so I think this this is good. I think that if anything is going to maybe give Apple another shot at stuff, then that would be uh, the HomePod Mini. Now, moving on to the the big stuff, which is the phone. And they actually spent a lot of time talking about the four different phones we're getting. Yes. So there's the iPhone 12, the iPhone 12 mini, the iPhone Pro, iPhone 12 Pro, and the iPhone 12 Pro Max. So before we get into the nitty gritty details, I want to <laughs> ask both of you, starting with you, Renee, four phones, four different yeah. uh, distinct SKUs. And then if you add in colors, I don't even want to know how many variations there are. <laughs> uh, we used to make fun of Samsung for doing this yep. exact same thing. In fact, I used to call it the Goldilocks problem. I was like, you know, they they just can't uh, come out and do it and, and they've got a phone for everything. Now Apple is is in this. And this, uh, I don't believe that they've removed the iPhone SE SKU, I, nope. iPhone SE 2. I, that's still being sold. Are they still selling any of the iPhone 11s? The base iPhone 11, I think, is taking the iPhone 10R slot, the $100 minus slot. Okay, all right. So at this point, they're going to have six different distinct iPhone models available, all with different screen sizes and screen resolutions and various capabilities. Renee, is this getting ridiculous? Like, do we have too many iPhones now? Like, are, are we at that point? So I think it's been ridiculous for a while just because they've kept the older phones on the market for so long and you've had to deal with six, seven different phones for a few years now. This is the first year where we've had, if you include the SE, five new phones in the same year. And I think that does make it harder for people because new versus old is sort of binary. It lets you clear a lot of them off the deck right away. But now you still have five relatively new phones and the mini is small and the SE is small. But I do also think that once you get a certain maturity level in the market, you have to segment. It becomes less like a computer market and more like a car market. And you, you start diving into the demographics and saying there's this many people who want a smaller phone and this many people who have a primary computer. Their phone is their primary computer and they want the largest screen possible. And that's just you've run out of people to sell to. So you, you start micromanaging who you're selling to. Yeah, Bree? Yeah, that's very much. I, I couldn't agree with you more, Renee. It's a very mature market at this point. You know, it's weird that you watch. I was watching uh, the Gold is Best videos from Conan uh, <laughs> today, making about the iPhone, you know, and that was all the way back with the iPhone 5, uh, yeah. 5S, I believe, with the first one with the fingerprint. Was that the iPhone 5S? Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, it's 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 a very mature market. They've got to do things to to get people excited at this point. I just don't think like LIDAR (laughs) is a sexy feature for the big public, for the general public, the same way machine learning uh, wasn't last generation. It'll be the camera, though, right? um, Like it won't be LIDAR, but it'll be the ability to take low uh, night night vision self, uh, not selfies, yeah, um, portrait mode. Certainly not saying it's not a, a good feature. I'm just saying it's not a sexy yeah. feature. But people like the, the biggest discussion I saw today on Twitter is like, what color are you getting? Right. And, and that gets people excited. And I, I think that's legit. I mean, iPhones, you've got to do something to make it like reflect your personality. And I, I think it's valid. Yeah, no, I agree with that. I agree with that. And now we're going to go through these kind of, I guess, in two groups. We'll do the <laughs> iPhone, iPhone mini, and then the iPhone uh, Pro and the Pro Max. So starting with the uh, iPhone 12 and the iPhone 12 mini. Um, and, and there are some features that are that are universal across all the devices. They are all using an A14 Bionic chip, although it's not clear to me if those are clocked at different speeds. I guess we'll find out. Uh, and they all have uh, 5G 
um, 5G uh, is going to be uh, based on kind of the millimeter wave uh, option only sold in the United States. Uh, and then it will use the sub six gigahertz uh, bandwidth um, below that. And at this point now, all of them have, you know, dual cameras as standard. And then on the Pro and the Pro Max, uh, there are three cameras that have some different capabilities. Um, the the iPhone 12 comes in blue, white, blue. Um, uh, it comes in black, white, blue, red, and green. So uh, a good number of colors. Uh, the design, I, I'm curious uh, from all, to hear from both of you on this. I am so excited about the design. They basically brought back the chamfered edges that we saw with the best iPhone design of all time, the iPhone 4, and took the same kind of silhouette that we saw from the iPhone 4 through the iPhone 5S and also the uh, uh, iPhone SE and have updated that with OLED and the, you know, kind of new form factor that we have in this modern age. Uh, I'm super, super into the design. Uh, wh what do you think, Bree? Uh, I'm right there with you. I think the iPhone 4 is the most beautiful thing they've ever shipped. I do have to note that the Mini, the Mini has, what is it, a 5-point-something inch display on it? Yeah, it's, it's hardly Mini. Inch. Right, and the original iPhone 4 had a 4.5-inch display on it. So the Mini is bigger than the phone it is, uh, it's taking its uh, its design cues from. So yeah. It'd brown out smaller. My understanding is that if the battery got any smaller, the A14 would would spike and just brown the phone out. <laughs> yeah, probably <laughs> more awesome. than likely. Yeah. Renee, what do you think about this, uh, this design? Um, we kind of saw this with the iPad air, uh, announced, uh, at the last event too, but what do you think about this kind of return, um, to one of the most iconic phone designs of all time? Oh, I love it. I, I think the iPhone four was like that Johnny Ive Braun light Leica, you know, uh, homage and they've gone back mm -hmm. to, so now the, the 12 looks sort of like the iPhone five with the aluminum and the, the Pro looks sort of like the iPhone 4 with the stainless steel band, and I, I could just buy these phones all day. So before before we move off of the the looks of this phone thing, I've I've got a question for both of you. I really thought that when the 10 came out, that the notch would be like a one a one year thing, one yeah. two year thing max, and then you know they extended the life of that design for three years, and I was really not shocked, but I was. I was surprised to see that the notch is still there. And I mean, I guess like Apple is embracing it as kind of the design language that makes an iPhone look like an iPhone, but I don't know how I feel about it. So I wanted to ask both of you. I don't care about the notch, to be totally honest. Uh, it's something that I, I think I stopped noticing within maybe an hour or two of using my iPhone 10. Uh, but I think that this is a great point because I hadn't even considered this. I just saw the notch and I was like, of course it's there. But I think you're right because basically every other manufacturer has done what they can to basically make it go away. So it seems like it's either an aesthetic choice or that there is something technically that they really want to do with their front facing um, sensor. Maybe they need it for face ID. I have no idea that uh, requires that. Renee, any thoughts? Yeah, I think, you know, they would get rid of it if they could, but they're only going to get rid of it if they can go completely without a notch. And just right now, the hole punch, like it, it it looks better sometimes, but they have so many optical sensors in there, like the infrared projector and the, the there'd be like four or five holes there and it looked too much like a spider and it would scare me. Uh, and the forehead <laughs> is just so big now. Like Google tried the forehead with the Pixel 4 because they had just as many sensors, more even with Soli. And, you know, it's just a giant forehead. This at least gives you some room in the top to throw status bars into. Uh, and the people who have gone sub-display, 
there's just a little bit of hazing still on the camera and I'm unclear how the infrared would react. But I think as soon as they can put all that behind the display, they'll go to it and they just they just won't change until they can do that. <laughs> yeah, no, that makes sense. That makes sense. Uh, but the great, great, great thought, uh, Bree, on that. So um, these phones are uh, going to be, are, are both of them are kind of the, the least expensive options. So I think the iPhone uh, uh, 12 mini starts at uh, 729 uh, it's 699 if you get it from Verizon or AT&T and then the iPhone 12 starts at uh, 7 um, uh, or 829 or 799 if you get it from Verizon or AT&T uh, how do we feel about the, that uh, that pricing um, any thoughts I think this is like a Simone question because she's a lot, I mean, you know, she's she's more price conscious than I think uh, you and I have proven ourselves to be on this show with our bad decision making, Christina. <laughs> um, I, I like that there's a wide range of price points. I'm going to get the most expensive uh, model myself for the camera, but yeah. um, I, I think I'm, I, I just want to be humble and say I don't think I'm the the person to ask because I'm <laughs> I'm going to get the most expensive. Yeah, Renee, do you have any thoughts? I mean, at this point, it's so weird. I see price points of six ninety nine and seven ninety nine. I'm like, oh wow, that's cheap. When a few years ago, that was the high end price. Yeah. So how how you know we've been desensitized by this? But what do you think of that price point? Because I do feel like again, this is makes it difficult in some ways to be like, okay, how are you going to position the iPhone um, SE two? How are you going to position the iPhone eleven? Uh, you know, like, what does that do? But do you think that, I, I guess, actually, let me ask you this question. Do you think that they introduced the iPhone 12 mini as a way to have a lower priced offering based on maybe some of the feedback or even the sales figures they've seen since the phone started creeping towards that $1,000 mark? I think it was a huge challenge this year because last year, the, the 10R was, again, the most popular phone in the world, but there was a lot of pushback on the 799 price point. And so with the 11, they went down to 699 for the 6.1 inch version. And it was generally met with acclaim and again, best-selling smartphone. But this year they added the OLED display and they didn't do a cheap one. They didn't use like the iPhone 10 or the iPhone 10R, 10S version. It's just as good as the iPhone 12 Pro. And those are expensive panels. And they added mm -hmm. 5G. And every other vendor who's added 5G has rocketed the price up like 100 bucks, maybe more. Samsung phones are, you know, there was wide concern about the price hikes. And that's all Qualcomm. A lot of that is Qualcomm, at least. Right. So it's a much more expensive bill of goods and the memory is doubled. But at the same time, it's 2020 and people are pinched uh, more tightly than ever. And I applaud that they didn't raise the price of the pros. They're still $999 and $1099. But I wish that they'd found some way to sort of hold the line. Uh, and there was a rumor that there were going to be 650 and 750 And I think that would have been just even understanding how high the bill of goods is, uh, the bill of materials this year, that would have just been much more palatable for a lot of people. Yeah, yeah. Although I, th I think that you brought up a good point earlier, which is that this is a very, at this point, established market, you know. Yeah. And so at this point, I think that more and more people buy phones on upgrade plans or they are waiting, you know, three, four years between getting a phone. And so hopefully that will make it a little bit easier. But yeah, honestly, I think anything... The, the less they could get, th you know, the more they could get things down, the better. But I think that is actually a great point that even though this price point of six ninety nine and seven ninety nine is a lot, uh, and I, I, anybody who says otherwise, I mean, Bree and I might not be price conscious, <laughs> but seven hundred dollars for a phone is expensive. They at least haven't like cheaped out on um, the 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 
you know, materials inside the phone. Now, when it comes to the accessories and what's included in the box, that's a different story, but yeah. we'll talk about that in a second. But, but before we move off this, I, I want to talk, a, I, I would really love to know, as we've really moved on a three-year model for these phones, I and Apple will never release this, but I wish, I wish there was a way to understand how much of the population upgrades a phone even every two years like i don't think anyone gets it every year anymore i just don't i think we do because we it's do. our we, job uh, honestly but, yeah i yeah. think it's i think it's very few and i and i don't think they would ever break that out uh right but at this point i mean but yeah it's like, that'd I be interesting about my husband like he got the iphone xr he mm-hmm. just flat out does not want to upgrade even though the battery barely works anymore i think most people are like that so i think if you're talking like a 700 dollars price point I don't know. I think if you're like averaging oh, that over three or four years, I I just I feel like it's it's almost like the iPhone is the new MacBook, right? Well, you're, like you're, you, you're not wrong. You're, right. you're not wrong, of course. But I do also think that it's a little bit different to like you can be really like rational about that. But right. it's also very different to say, OK, my phone just broke and now right. I have to spend seven hundred dollars at once to yeah. do it. So yeah. yeah, we can all be rational and say that when amortized over X number of months, it only costs this much. And that's all well and good. But that still doesn't change the fact that for some people, you know, if you have to go out and buy a new phone, you are now spending $700. And in some cases, depending on how long ago you got your phone, it was less than that, right? So yeah. I, I think that's something to be said too. But um, uh, going to take a, a quick break, but we will talk about the iPhone Pro and the iPhone Pro Max in just a second. This episode of Rocket is brought to you by Squarespace. Make your next move with Squarespace. Squarespace lets you easily create a website for your next idea and with a unique domain, an award with award-winning templates, and more. Uh, maybe you want to create an online store. Maybe you want to create some sort of portfolio. Maybe you just want to create a blog. Aren't blogs great? You can do that. Squarespace is an all-in-one platform that lets you do just that. And there's nothing to install. There are no patches to worry about. No upgrades needed. You don't have to worry about any of that stuff. Squarespace has it covered. They also have award-winning 24-7 customer support if you need any help, and they let you quickly and easily grab a unique domain name. And all those award-winning templates, and they're so beautiful. Simone always talks about how much she loves to customize her website. They are beautifully designed for you to show off your great ideas. Um, I uh, have had a Squarespace site that I've kept up, even though the podcast has been defunct for several years now, for uh, the Basic Bitches Guide to Life, my (laughs) Bachelor podcast. And because the Bachelorette is actually debuting tonight, I'm not watching it right now. I'm podcasting with you two. I'm going to try to bring the pod back with a uh, with my friend Allie, even though we're in different time zones. And so, I, if I do that, I'm really looking forward to updating <laughs> and customizing my Squarespace Squarespace site and making it look really pretty. Squarespace plans start at just twelve dollars a month, but you can start a trial with no credit card required by going to squarespace.com/rocket. And if you, when you decide to sign up, you can use the offer code Rocket to get ten percent off your first purchase of a website or domain, and to show your support for Rocket. Once again, that's squarespace.com/rocket, and the code is Rocket to get ten percent off your first purchase. We thank Squarespace for their support of this show and all of Relay FM. Squarespace, make your next move, make your next website. 
All right. Uh, so we've talked about the the twelve and the twelve mini. Um, Can I, I add something, in, Christina? Yes, please. Yes, yes. So go there, in, I think Ray. there's going to be two universal truths, and that is, no matter how often Tim Cook or Luca Maestri says that, almost you know, most people only upgrade every three or four years, and I think sometimes they've said like the six S was the biggest upgrader to the to the ten hmm. S or or something. We've gotten some yeah. details. People keep their phones for three years. Very few people upgrade yearly. Uh, those who do either are affluent or they're on a yearly upgrade program or they work in you know tech industry. But mm-hmm. still, the other thing is that almost every review that goes up will be saying whether you should upgrade from last year's to this year's phone. Yeah. Yeah, which I think is, honestly, I don't think that's a smart review strategy anymore. To be totally honest, I Agreed. think that re- I think that reviewers should be looking back, um, you know, two or three um, cycles to make that recommendation because it's it's easiest to do the kind of you know last year comparison. But to your point, most people aren't doing that, and uh, I think that's the wrong strategy. So that's my unsolicited advice to uh, the people who still do reviews for a living, which I don't. But uh, but you are one of the smartest people in the space, so people should listen. Well, thank you. Yeah, well, thank you very much. But yeah, no, if I were going to do a review, I would probably actually go against the 10S, um, is or or maybe even the 10 would be where I would start versus I'm starting going with against last year's model. Yeah. Actually, I think that's perfect. Good. I think I I think that's awesome, Renee. Yeah, and that, the eight came out the the year that the 10 did. Yep. So yeah, I think that's exactly the right place to go. All right, now we're going to move into the uh, 12 Pro and the Pro Max. And this is interesting because for a long time, you know, Apple had differentiations between the the bigger phone and the smaller phone. Uh, And then uh, I guess, you know, starting um, with um, the the 10S, uh, they made everything the same regardless of what size you got. So whether you got the, the 10S or the 10S Max, same features. And then last year with the 11 Pro or the 11 Pro Max, same features. But now there is a difference between what you get with the 12 Pro and 12 Pro Max. So let's talk about these features a little bit because these phones are really, really powerful. Uh, first of all, they are the biggest Apple uh, phones ever, although Apple claims that they're going to be basically the exact same form factor as what we got before. Uh, like the other models, they have you know support. They have the the A14 Bionic uh, chipset, the 5G. Um, there's a different um, selection of colors, but they have that same chamfered design. Uh, and then there are all kinds of I would just say like the big differences here. There's lidar sensor, which is similar to what we have with the iPad Pro, which I guess will be cool for AR people. But honestly, I think all we care about is the camera, right? Am I right? I don't know. I mean, I think I think you know, the LiDAR sensor has so many interesting applications for 3D and displacement mapping. Yeah, especially um, like with, with my 3D printer, which I don't talk about on Rocket a lot, but I do a lot of 3D printing. I feel like we're really at a point where there could be a commercial... Uh, 3D scanning application to like incorporate real life objects into 3D uh, you know, topology uh, in a way that would be really seamless for normal people with this kind of technology. I've seen demos of it on the iPad, but I'm just not going to carry my iPad around with yeah. me all the time in the same way. I'm personally hoping there's some sort of third-party pro market for those features. But yeah, all, all said and done, the camera's what I care about the most. Yeah, the camera. And and let's talk about some of those camera features. Renee, um, what what about the camera? Like basically has, there's it supports Apple Pro Raw, uh, Smart HDR3. You can record, this is insane, you can record 4K HDR video with Dolby Vision. Yep. 
Um, now I'm going to be real. I don't know. I, I realize that they were able to license that and whatnot, but I'm not actually real convinced that 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 I don't know what that means. Uh, but that's pretty awesome. So it's just like H regular HDR 10 gives you one opinion of the high dynamic range. So it basically sets it at the beginning of the video and then uses the same range throughout the video. Yeah. Uh, but Dolby no, no, Vision no. does it. But Dol in, Dolby yeah. is it makes it a little bit sweeter and that's better. And I'm not trying to discount that. What I'm trying to say is even though they're claiming that this is, you know, Dolby Vision and they had that licensing thing, I'm not real sure if you were to compare like the output of this camera with something else that has like, you know, Dol Dolby Vision HDR, if the if it's going to be that much better. Uh, I guess it's, it's kind of my point, but I'm not real, you know, don't know. And then they have all these, you know, um, wide uh, telephoto and ultra wide lenses. Um, so uh, what... Renee, like you're a huge camera nerd and you're a huge video person. You love photography. What uh, what has you really excited about the camera in the Pro and the Pro Max? Yeah, it's sort of it hits me right in that sweet spot of being a huge silicon nerd and being a huge camera nerd because just the ability <laughs> to do that Dolby Vision metadata, the dynamic metadata in real time as you're ingesting the capture is just so much horsepower to have in a phone. And I know like some people will just make fun of it and that's fair. You know, it's not, it's not really that much of a consumer feature. Uh, and I have huge questions about, for example, I tried uploading HDR video a couple times from my Canon camera to YouTube and just people who didn't have right. HDR displays, which is most people it looks had bad. a garbage experience. Yeah. And that really worries me, but I'm hoping it'll be one of those things where Apple helps make it mainstream and just, you know, everyone will be forced to update so that we'll have the ability to, to get HDR if we can take advantage of it. And that sort of excites me. I've said this on Rocket before, but I was I was really, really, really surprised. I am the opposite of you, Renee. I'm a very, very mediocre functional photographer, but I've been stunned by how much I've I've enjoyed and have used the uh, the camera on my iPhone, uh, my iPhone 12 Max. Uh, I, I just think it's amazing. And looking at the specs of this, this is like going to be an even bigger upgrade. So that is the one feature that has me thinking, yeah, I'm going to plunk down you know, $1,200 and, and upgrade this year. I'm not 100% sold that I'm going to yet, but uh, it's it's a really big tendency. I've just been shocked by how much I've used that. Yeah, no, I mean, I think the cameras are just great. And, you know, Apple has had, they've been fantastic video cameras for a really long time. And as more and more people have started doing video for different things, especially now that we kind of, you know, work from home, a lot of us, I think that opens up even more options there. Um, let's talk a little bit about some of the differences between the two, because other than screen size, there are some differences with the camera systems. Yep. The the 12 Pro uh, features, um, you know, three, a, a triple camera system with a 12 megapixel um, wide, there's a telephoto, and then there's an ultra wide. And so for the, the wide camera is, um, you know, a 1.6 aperture, which Apple uh, is claiming has, you know, 27% uh, improved low light performance. Um, it has a 52 millimeter uh, uh, focal telephoto, which is going to, you know, offer like four times optical zoom range. So that's actually pretty big because I think it's what is it? Is it at three now? That we're out no, the they're kind of. That was kind of. I didn't like that because it's the same as before for the regular Pro. It's the same because they're counting from telephoto two stops up to wide, oh. and then two more stops to ultra wide. Uh, oh, I don't which like is that. Why the, okay, that's not cool. No, I didn't like that at all either. Especially given what Google's doing with computational zoom, I was really yeah, hoping they'd yeah. step up there. Yeah, agreed, agreed. But there's also a new um, optical image stabilization system yeah. um, with, uh, but that sorry, that's that's with the 12 Pro Max. So all right, so it's the same zoom range on um, uh, on the regular Pro, but then on the Pro Max, it has a 65 millimeter uh, focal range, 
which is actually really impressive. So that's basically bringing you to two and a half times uh, optical zoom versus the two times that we've had before. And um, it has a new um, um, OIS system. Um, The the wide sensor on this one is also 47% larger. And that could be really impressive since uh, the one downside about the wide angle lens on the, the last couple of phones have been that it doesn't, it's not the same quality. The sensor is smaller. So those images aren't as sharp. So that's potentially really interesting, especially for the low light performance, because that's where you typically run into the issues with the smaller sensor is that in low light stuff, you can't, you can't do some of those things. Um, thoughts, Renee and Bree on, on all the, the camera stuff, because I'm excited. Well, I mean, if I'm not, if, correct me if I'm wrong, but doesn't the iPhone uh, 12 Max, the giant one, that has a better optical sensor yes. inside of it than the last version. So yeah. it's it's not just the lenses, it's also the sensor size, and then it's all the stuff that goes along with that. So I don't know. Um, as always, I'm eager to see what Renee and other people think about it when it comes out, but uh, it, it looks very promising to me. Yeah, I'm excited too, not just with the Pro Max, but because they're bringing all their computational modes and all the computational effects to all three cameras now, where before they were primarily on the wide angle and some on the telephoto, and now you're getting night mode and you're getting sweater mode, which they call deep fusion on on all of those cameras. And that means the low light quality is better, but also just what they can pull out of it, the semantic rendering and all the other stuff that they're doing should do exactly what Bree says. Because the whole goal of an iPhone camera is to let most people just not have to think about the camera. Just take it out of your pocket, take the shot and give you the best shot, no matter what the situation or circumstances. And I think this starts to pay off on that. Yeah, no, no, I agree with you on that. And I actually think you bring up a great point, which which I didn't articulate well, which is the fact that all of three of the cameras are now getting access to all those computational things. And uh, although I do want to I do agree with you, Renee, that it is interesting that as much as they focused on, you know, the deep fusion stuff and their smart HDR and what they're doing with computational uh, photography, that they didn't use that the way that Google has with zoom lenses, because, you know, Google, we have to be honest, like. They were way ahead with low light. I think now it's probably fairly even, but uh, that is also a big credit to Google because Google's has been almost entirely done in software, whereas, you know, Apple's has been some software based, but also was a lot with the sensors. Mm-hmm. And now Google, you know, with their software stuff is is had really tremendous zoom results. So that would have been nice to see, but maybe for next time. Um, Renee, do you think, what do would you see a big difference between the, just looking at the specs um, and and kind of, you know, based on the presentation, what do you think, is there a big difference, do you think, for people between the Pro and the Pro Max? Yeah, I think it's a trade-off. And you know, I really prefer it when it's only size-based. Uh, you know, you only you pick the screen size and you get the same camera. And maybe there's something about the just the extra room that they have inside the Pro Max that lets them do this. But if you're a camera nerd, I think having that better sensor and having that 65 millimeter instead of the 52 millimeter and just what it unlocks for you. Um, I, I think in general, and if I recall correctly, the 12 has Dolby Vision up to 30 frames per second and the Pro has it up to 60 frames per second. So it's just little things like that that add yeah. up to me going you know, full on max as well. <laughs> 
Yeah, no, I mean, I'm definitely going full on Max because I'm like, you know, hype beast. But yeah, uh, it, 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 <laughs> you're hype beast. I'm, I'm a total hype beast, absolutely, I, I, without a doubt. Um, Have we asked but, Christina about uh, the color choice yet? Have we gotten to that part? No, yet? I was gonna yeah, say. We I was, I, I, no, I was gonna say we yeah. need to move into this. But yeah, no, I, I think that's a good point with the 30 frames versus 60 frames. And I'm with you. I do like it when they make it the same. But also, I selfishly don't mind when the bigger phone has more features because that encourages me to spend more money on the bigger phone. Um, but uh, yeah, let's get into the colors now because this is Ooh. big. So there is a brand new gold, which looks pretty dope, but it's very shiny gold. So it's rose is all gone. Uh, sadly, this is like a full on gold. There's a graphite, there's a silver, and there is a Pacific blue that I think is very, very nice looking. What do we all think of the colors? Okay, but there are two, they're, they're the colors for the the Max phones, right? The Pro phones, and then there's the ones for the rest of the line. I'm so upset because I think they're more beautiful. That, that, okay, okay, yeah, me. let's yeah. talk about that, yeah, because the ones okay, for, the, for, yeah. for, the, for the Pro are, yeah, it's it's a it's a silver, it's a graphite, it's a gold, yep. and it's a blue. And then when yep. you talk about the, the um, 12 and the 12 uh, mini, they have a much wider assessment. It is like black, it's white, it's green, it's blue, and it's red. Did I get them right? Yeah, and a slightly more orangey red than last year. At least to me, last year it was a little bit like bluer red and now it's a little bit more yellowy red. Yeah, that was very much my read as well. And red's my color, y'all. My Porsche's red. My Kate's Spade <laughs> handbag yep. is red. My iPhone, like that's that's my thing. Yeah, that is your thing. And, and and I can't get it on the phone. I've got to pick between the most boring colors on earth. And it's just it's a shame. Like bring me the cool colors to the big phone. I'm I agree. paying I want so much red. more. I'm, oh. I mean, right. I totally agree. No, I couldn't agree more. And it's interesting. I got, uh, he doesn't have it anymore, but Grant, I got him one of the Project Red iPhone 7 Pluses um, when that came out a few years ago. And uh, he inherited my iPhone 10s Max. So that's what he has uh, now. But yeah, I, I like the fun colors. And also, they brought back rose gold to the iPad Air. Yep. Could they not have brought that to the either the the 12 or the 12 pro i mean i, I realize that i'm asking gold for a instead. lot yeah i did get kardashian <laughs> gold instead and i'm not i don't hate it but i would have look you know rose gold would have been better although i do have to say if rose gold had been available on the 12 but not yeah. the 12 pro then i would have been like i would felt i would feel like what you're feeling right now brie where you, yeah. you want that you want the good color but you can't yeah i agree i don't you like know that what i think it is i think it's like apple saying I think they're saying a subconscious message like, hey, you got the pro. You're a classy person. You get <laughs> the classy colors. Yeah, I'm here to tell Apple I no. am not. I'm really not. Give me the trashiest colors Thank possible. You. Give me a NASCAR. You know, like, if I've got a Lamborghini, <laughs> I'm going to get in the trashy yellow color. I mean, just I want I want trash colors on the most expensive phones. I filed a radar. You know, and, uh, for the Say for the what? rose gold, I filed <laughs> an actual radar for the rose gold on the bigger yes! devices, saying that we need expected behavior rose gold iPad Pro, rose gold iPhone Pro, mm -hmm. and I agree. I, I see jobs, Thank but you, not, but I, but I believe that only got me contempt and disregard. What's so interesting is like uh, there's a there's a history of car colors. People don't know this that if you look at the history of like when it started with the Model T, you would only be able to get your car in like black, right? Because of the painting processes involved. And then in the the 50s and 60s, like the George Lucas American uh, 
whatever it was, his uh, first film. Right, American Graffiti. That was when they figured out how to, they actually would mix those metallic colors with by like grinding up fish into the yeah. paint flakes to get that. And then they figure out how to do it with aluminum. So it used to be like, the bright colors were a sign of were a sign of like classiness and wealth. And then what you've seen lately is with all the best selling car colors being white, black, and silver, it's actually gone the opposite way that people associate luxury with a lack of those colors. But these things move in in phases. So I think it's gonna come back. That's what I want. Yeah. You know what? I really hope you're right because like I, I like like you read do not mistake me for being classy like I'm I just, <laughs> please, just don't like, g- g- give me the trash but also yeah I mean the green color is really nice on um the iPhone 12 that red looks great and even the blue is different right like I like the yeah. blue better on the 12 than I do on the the max and I thought that I was gonna get the blue because I was like well that could be interesting but now I look at it I really I'm going to have to see people's photos or videos before I know what to pre-order. Unfortunately, I have a month um, because I just don't know. Like, I'm probably just going to get gold. But the, the but that blue <laughs> I was best. I was really excited about. And and now I look at it and I'm like, eh, but it's it it reminds me too much of the green, which I didn't care for. What, what did yeah. they call it? The the forest Midnight green. What was green. it called? Midnight green. It was yeah, Leica not a good green. color. It was their, it was their, their homage to Leica's jungle green cameras. Yeah, which uh, no one got. And no. uh, like, it, you know, and I never saw those anywhere. So I don't know. What, what color are you going to get, Renee? I, I always struggle with this because like if it was rose gold, that'd be the only acceptable color. Um, of course. Since there's not, I would I would like red, but I want to get the Pro Max. So I'm having the same sort of the Brie conundrum. Uh, so I'll probably go with the blue just because it, I usually get the, the new color because then all my videos look different or all my photographs look different. If I get the same color every mm-hmm. year, it's hard to differentiate them. So I just I use that as a cop out. Yeah. Uh, Brie, are you going for gold? I, I want to respect your color choice, Renee, but I got to say on like the Porsche 911, that exact same shade of blue is trying to look so blue. It's almost black. Yeah. It's trying to be classy. I just... I feel like it's all of the I feel like it's all the trashiness of a bright color <laughs> with none of the fun of it. So you're getting the worst of both worlds. Like Fair. it doesn't look classy and it's not a fun color. So I'm I'm very anti-blue and I think I'm gonna be judging you if you're blue. Um I, have a I, I am yeah, I mean it's, we'll still be friends, but <laughs> I'm gonna default to the color of my dog Rocket, which is graphite. So that's going to be what I can. It matches the watch, apparently. The gold and the graphite are (laughs) color matched, which is the least they could do. (laughs) Nice, nice. Um, All right. So I'm I'm still undecided on colors. Uh, Listeners, let me know your thoughts and if I should go Kardashian gold or if I should go this kind of weird blue color. I feel like I feel like I can't do graphite and I don't want to do silver because that's just really boring. But um, we'll see. Uh, One other thing we should talk about. I mentioned this before, like, uh, it's great that they aren't, you know, scrimping on the the type of components they're using. They have these great OLED screens and these great sensors and all this stuff and high powered chips. But uh, what comes in the box now and, and Apple is spinning this. And I have to say, this is really, really excellent spin. They're they're spinning this into being all about the environment, right? which is I'm sorry, <laughs> Excuse me for laughing, but no. Uh, but they're talking about how the uh, they're no longer shipping any sort of uh, headphones with the phone or a power brick. 
Yeah, I I understand the power brick to a certain extent, though. The one that came with my iPhone last year is the fastest charger I own except outside of my Anchor stuff. Right. But uh, I don't know. Yeah, I feel like so many people own the use the AirPods that, like, when's the last time you really used the headphones that came with your iPhone? Like, seriously, like, I can't remember when I, I mean, when I, I, do. I mean, I, I mean, I can't either, but yeah. I, but I do feel like, and I could, um, weirdly, I could almost see for the Pro Max or the Pro, I could see not including it. I yeah. do kind of feel like it's a not great move when you don't have it in the box, you know, especially like consider this, if you were upgrading from an iPhone that had a headphone jack, which is, let's say you have a 6S or or something like that, and and now you're going to the phone that doesn't have the headphone jack, and maybe that's a small number of people, but it might be more than you think. Uh, you're now going to have to buy either a twenty dollar pair of uh, earpods, or you're going to have to get a wireless uh, pair of of earbuds just to like use your phone because your old headphones won't work. I don't know. I don't love it. Ray, and you have, you have a any USB-C thoughts on that? cable now, which doesn't work with your old charger. Oh, thank you. Right. Yes. Oh, oh, actually, that that is an excellent point. Okay, I'm glad you brought this up. Okay, so this is the one thing they have done, so that you do at least still get a lightning cable in the box. But now it is USB-C to lightning rather than USB-A to lightning, meaning yeah. that you can't use any of those bricks that you had before. Yeah. And Apple people love to complain that it didn't match the MacBook Pro, but 90% of the iPhone market were Windows users who had USB-A ports. It wasn't like the small amount of people who had the latest MacBook Pro. Right. And exactly. And people have the latest MacBook Pro. It's like, okay, then you could just buy another cable, right? Like you, you, those, that, that's not the end of the world or you can get a, a $2 adapter. So I'm not a big fan of this. I have to be honest. It feels like, you know, penny pinching in a weird way. And uh, they can like write it off as, you know, saving the environment all they want. But I, I, I'm not. Can I, I don't be a conspiracy love, person this. for a second? Yes, of course. So when AirPods Please. came out, the 3.5 millimeter jack went away. And now when MagSafe mm-hmm. comes out, the charger goes away. <laughs> oh, yeah. Good call. Oh, yeah. We haven't even talked about MagSafe. So let's talk about this for a second. So um, the. Um, uh, Apple has reused the, as they are want to do, they've done this a number of times over the years, they are reusing the MagSafe brand, but instead of being the fantastic magnetic charger for our MacBooks that we all miss desperately, it is now a way to wirelessly charge uh, things on the iPhone 12 and uh, 12 Max series phones. And so basically you are going to have, like there's some, I guess, magnets or things built into the back the of the phone. There's going to be some accessories. Exactly. Yeah. So you, they're you, they're going to have some accessories, including a little wallet thing, which I, I'm a fan. But also, there have been stick-on ones for those for years, yeah. so that doesn't really change things too much. And then there is, um, I guess, uh, since AirPower failed, the, what they're doing instead is they have a way where you can basically um, attach, you know, kind of like the the wireless Qi charger to the back with magnets, and you can also get a charging device that'll do dual things, including having a pop-up option for your Apple Watch. So I actually am excited about this because I don't use wireless charging at this point. Um, even though I have a number of Qi devices, I just usually default to using the plug. Uh, but I think that assuming they actually ship this dual charger this would be something that I would totally just have my, you know, um, watch plugged into and then have the um, the magnet uh, approach for my phone. And that I'm actually kind of looking forward to because then I can charge my phone while using it in bed, which excites me. Thoughts? 
Yeah, I I tried the magnetic charging with uh, the first generation. It was the iPhone, uh, the iPhone uh, ten that they put that out with, right? And my experience with it was it was so slow with charging it that yeah, we've all had that situation. Middle of the day, you plug it in, you go do some email, you come back to it. I felt like I was just constantly putting on that plate to charge or like I'd knock something in the middle of the night and knock it off of the 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 stand. What I like about this solution is they've they've claimed claimed it needs to be substantiated, but that they've up the uh they've they've secured it and shielded it better so they can up the uh the amount of charge going through it. So it should theoretically be faster, even though in a phone like a Max that's still gonna take a while. So I, I'm encouraged by that, but I absolutely love the design where you can pop out the center of it and also use it as a charger for your Apple Watch, which yes. is just amazing. Um, so I was very down on magnetic uh, wireless charging. I'm going to give it another go. I, I do have the one caveat that there are multiple kinds of convenience, right? There's the the convenience of when you set your phone down and you charge it and you don't have to like plug in a cable. That's one kind of convenience. The other is like when you're on your couch and your phone's at like 10% and you're trying to charge it at the same time. And that's when a cable is just radically more convenient. So um, yeah, I'm really hoping we never go to an entirely wireless feature for charging, but uh, I'm interested to see what the experience is like now. Or like accessibility where you have to use the audio 24-7 and you, and yeah. apparently you have to choose between putting a lightning cable or lightning earphones or getting you know, a third-party splitter. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a great point. It's a great point. Renee, what do you think about uh, the the MagSafe, uh, the return of the MagSafe brand and and what they're doing to potentially make their, you know, wireless charging uh, a little bit faster, but also, you know, a little more fun? Yeah, I, I really like it because when they introduced the Qi wireless charging with the iPhone 8 and the iPhone 10, they also switched to the glass backs, which were the slipperiest yep. phones I've had since the Nexus 4. Like you could put them on a table and they'll race you to fall off that table. And th- that just meant that often I'd put them on a Qi charger and they would slip a little bit or they'd slip right off and I'd end up not charging my phone. And I love that the Palm Pre, you know, way back in the day had the touchstone, yeah. which was magnetic. And the Apple Watch had the the charging puck, which is magnetic. And it just seemed like such a good idea. And I don't want to use the word finally or overuse the word finally, but it just it makes so much more sense that you can you you know with an absolute certainty that you're charging and you can also pick it up and use it while you're charging. And yes, it's 15 watts and Android phones, I've been assured, charge at 1500 warp charge now mm. as well. Um, but Apple's typically conservative about how much heat they put into a lithium ion battery. So I think this is fast enough while still maintaining battery health. So I'm, I'm generally enthusiastic about it, but I wanna see how all the third-party stuff sort of works out over time. Yeah, I think that's a great point with the third-party stuff because this is, they have said that they will open it up to third parties. Belkin has already announced that they'll have some accessories. I'm sure we'll see some things from other people too. But this does, uh, you know, change things and and split, uh, I guess, uh, where things have been because one of the nice things, you know, regardless of how well everything worked about the last, you know, generation of wireless charging uh, stuff was that it was working on a standard. So you could use, you know, mats from all kinds of different accessory makers. Uh, do we know if the AirPods will work on the with the MagSafe or um, with whatever oh. that charging pad is? Do we know? Well, they've only said that the iPhone will the current iPhones will work with them, but the current iPhones will also work with the old ones, not the other way around. 
Right. So they're okay, T-standard, so- but they're T-standard plus plus. They're not like completely non-compatible hmm. like the Apple Watch. Okay. Okay. So seems like they would say that explicitly if it would. That would be a good thing for them to like promote it with, right? Yeah. And to encourage you to upsell. Well, there's no magnets in the AirPods, so maybe they'll just sit there minding their own business, but they won't take advantage (laughs) of the magnetic lock. You know, it does occur to me on Amazon Prime Day today, they are selling a ton of AirPods at a ridiculous discount. So maybe it's an effort to like get rid of all that inventory and go to the magnetic charger. A big case, though, a big donut case to take advantage. Yeah. (laughs) Yes, it was a really big donut case. Yeah. I'm 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 anticipating that maybe they have some sort of accessory in the future that will work with AirPods uh, and not the current ones. I'm anticipating a new model that'll have some sort of, you know, magnet on it. But uh, magnet or not, I'm just hoping that you could at least just sit the AirPods there and it would charge. I don't know. Um, So I I guess that remains to be seen. Um, uh, And then all this stuff is going to be available this is this is uh, this is like just because of the pandemic the the twelve is available for pre order on the sixteenth and then it's available on the twenty third. Did I get that right? Yes. Pro- yes. <laughs> um, and and then the um uh, so uh, and the twelve pro uh, is the same thing. It's available on um, the the sixteenth and available on the twenty third. And then the mini pre orders on the eleventh is, is on the sixth November sixth. It'll be available on the thirteenth, and I believe that's the same for the Pro Max. It'll yeah. be pre order on November sixth, and then available day after my birthday. Uh, I'm very on the against 13th. the staggered pre order. By the way, I think that sucks. Making I agree. us us the royalty. The people <laughs> wait, wait, the la- max, wait. I agree. I wait agree. The longest. Uh, that's not. That's not how America works. I agree. That's not how America's supposed to work. Yeah, exactly. Well, but equal mostly for the people who are willing to spend twelve hundred dollars on a phone. We want what we want. Um, There's nothing wrong with that. We, we do. Uh, yeah. No. But this is totally pandemic uh, stuff. I, I have to think like that. That's why the event was delayed and, and they've had to stagger, I'm sure, how their, um, you know, lines have been doing. They've been doing this a lot lately. Like the 10 was a month later and the 10R was a month later and then they got their act together again last year and now it's out of phase again. Yeah. Something tells me that, that their supply chain stuff just isn't as maybe uh, perfected as it used to be and their estimates haven't been maybe like completely in line. It's a lot of phones. <laughs> Well, well, that too. I mean, that, that at this point, on, oh, you know what? That's a great point because we were making fun of this before. They have so many different SKUs now. Yeah. You only have so many assembly lines. And if you're trying to get out however many millions, you probably do have to stagger them. I mean, I guess you could hold inventory and then just release them at a certain time. But they probably don't like to do that either. So because, OK, well, yeah, because then how how do you store 40 million phones? Yeah. That 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 becomes a logistical nightmare well, too. Smaller packaging, I don't know. just put them all in containers. It's a containers. There you go. Around. Put them all. There you go. Um, have 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 them in those those uh, offshore uh, kind of um, you know uh, setups islands. that they have. <laughs> that, yeah, that they have in China to to avoid uh, various tariffs and whatnot. Yeah. Um. All right. Well, we're now over an hour into our yeah, show. Yeah, I think and we jettison topic too. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say. So we're not going to talk about uh, Intel's maybe uh uh, uh you know um trip back. Intel's new chip looks good. There it does go. look good. And I'm probably going to be getting one of those laptops at some point. So uh, we'll we'll have info on that because I do need to buy a new uh, PC laptop. Can I just add real quick that if they're going yes. back to 14 nanometer and they're going to make up for it by increasing the size and power draw, I can totally see why Apple didn't want it in my Mac. <laughs> exactly. Oh, well, yeah, no, but this is this is talking about the, the mobile chips, the Tiger oh, okay. Lakes. Sorry. Which, which are Which are... Um, no, totally. But yeah, no, this, this is for the Tiger Lakes, which I believe are 10 nanometer and um, uh, have Thunderbolt 4, which nice. uh, is very exciting to me. Uh, so, all right. Now, now it is time for some dessert. So 
Frequent listeners of the show know that uh, Anna Delvey, the fake heiress, has been a topic of much love and enjoyment from all of us here at Rocket. I will say tampered significantly when we interviewed uh, Rachel uh, Williams, who was scammed by Anna and was lovely. And Rachel was lovely. Her book was fantastic. Uh, And and Rachel, uh, please know that we love you. And uh, I I apologize in advance for the joy that we're going to take in this. But Speak for yourself. I mean, I think we're going to have different opinions on this. Okay, well, I'm, I'm taking great joy in this. Anna, okay. Delvey's, Elvi, Anna Delvey's getting out, y'all. Like, she, she's getting released from prison early in February. Feb, she's going to be released from prison in February 2021. Wow. Yeah. Um, yeah, with coronavirus, I, I think that what she did was bad. I don't think it's potential death penalty bad. So right. I think it's the... I think it's a compassionate thing to do, and I support this overall for nonviolent offenders. Um, so I I think it's a morally just thing to do. I just feel like after we had Rachel on, like she was, you could hear so much pain in her voice from what this woman I caused agree. her. I agree. So, I agree. Although yes. I should point out, I should point yes. out that Anna was not found guilty on any of the charges committed against Rachel, which personally Fair. I do think is is bad. Right. So Fair. I think that and and I I my opinion might be slightly less excited about the drama of this if the court if if the jury had actually found her guilty of those charges against Rachel and Rachel fortunately you know, um, wrote a great book and was able to get her money back from American Express. And and uh, I think that the thing that makes me not mad about the whole Anna getting out after serving, she'll have been in jail for like a year, and, for over two years, but uh, she'd been in, in lockup, I think even longer than that. So her total time served is still going to be less than she was sentenced between four and seven but it's uh it's it's gonna be less than but it's not as if she didn't do any time but i mean we should point out as you mentioned nonviolent offender right like she scammed she 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 ripped off you know some banks and and um some rich people and then a very not rich person a very nice person rachel williams who again by her book she's great but uh anna's getting out uh here's the best part though to celebrate this uh whoever has access to her instagram account posted uh, the video from Legally Blonde, the scene where um, she's <laughs> celebrating um, after getting her 179 on the, on the LSAT. And I'm sorry, I just kind of love that. I think it's great. And, you know, I think I've no doubt because of the efficacy of the American uh, uh, incarceration system, I'm sure she will come out or a foreign woman who has learned. Her oh, she's lesson. getting deported. She's getting deported. She, she's, she, she's getting deported. She's going back to Germany. But, but, uh, right. but, but I'm sure we'll never hear about more scams from her. Oh, God. I'm, I'm very sure. sure. I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, Renee, what, what's the next scam that you think we're going to hear about from Anna Delby once she is released from prison? Oh, I, I can't even contemplate what you can get away with in, in Germany in the current climate. But I, I do want to get Brianna to help me lobby Devin Stone for Illegal Eagle video on all of this, especially yes, the Instagram yes. postings. Oh, my God. That's a great idea. Let's hit him up on Twitter after yes. this. He has the best YouTube channel. He does. Yes. Le- Legal Eagle on YouTube. If you haven't seen him, he's fantastic. I will follow in on that tweet uh, with you uh, to, to ask him to do something on this. Because, yeah, I was curious about that, too. I don't know who controls your Instagram or what the, the deal is with that. She also posted recently some sort of uh, drawing of her sunbathing um, in, uh, like, the prison yards. Uh, it was kind of funny, actually. But uh, I, I got to say, like, the girl terrible person, awful human being, like ridiculously, ridiculously bad person. 
but very entertaining. And also, I'm pretty sure I own a number of domain names in her name. <laughs> so, uh, which is actually perfect because she used to pull the Martin Shkreli trick of buying uh, domain names of people's names and then hoard, like holding it over them because that's the sort of asshole she is. Yeah. Uh, so uh, I think I have like Anna Delby dot scan dot. I have Anna Delby something anyway. So. Uh, I, I look forward now to, to doing something with, with those domain names now that she's going to be leaving prison in a few months. <laughs> oh, I think uh, you need better role models, Christina. I do need better role models, but I have to say <laughs> she is better than Elizabeth Holmes, who I'm, I, we, we still have a bet over that. I, I, I don't think she's going to jail uh, unless there's a plea. Unless, she, unless there's a plea, I don't. I mean, look, I hope I'm wrong. I hope that I owe you that $500, but... Uh, <laughs> I'm just saying, like, I, I could I could look up to Elizabeth Holmes, and I don't. Instead, Anna Delvey is a terrible person, but I also am very amused by her. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, that does it uh, for this week's kind of elongated show. Um, uh, Renee, um, actually, let's talk about first what, what we're doing this week. Renee, what are you up to this week? Oh, I'm just making all the Apple event videos just sequentially. I'm going to do a brute force attack on the YouTube system and get as many videos as I can up as fast as I can. Yeah, no, I mean, I hadn't even thought about this. Like, you're now on the YouTube grind. And yeah. uh, ever, for, for listeners, uh, subscribe to Renee Ritchie on YouTube. Uh, he's, um, uh, his channel is growing all the time. It does great stuff. But yeah, yeah, so now you're on this grind where you have to do it. And um, I know you can't tell us this, but I'm, I'm hoping that you will get access to some, uh, some you know, uh, units uh, fairly soon so that we can see your hands-on take of all the new stuff that Apple announced um, today. Um, fingers crossed. Channel, I never expect it, but I always hope for it. Yeah, well, I, I, I think that they, they definitely should, uh, should get those to you. And so, fingers crossed, indeed. But regardless, you will have content about that eventually. But I yep. look forward to watching your content on that. Bree, what about you? What are you up to this week? Oh gosh. Um, so to get serious for a minute, uh, not the iPhone's not serious. Um, <laughs> we are uh, Rebellion Pack is getting very involved in the Nebraska race and Kara Eastman. Uh, so Kara is a progressive who uh, managed to do what we want. Like she took over the Democratic Party. She got the official Democratic endorsement. And she's going up against a Republican that you know, vetoed Obamacare, uh, vetoed uh, uh, even COVID relief. So we went out and uh, we're shooting this this week. Uh, someone in Nebraska that actually went to the emergency room last week with COVID doesn't have, have in health insurance, has a job where he interacts with the public all day and is really facing like that horrible question. How do I pay for all of this? Um, so that's a commercial we're, we're putting out. We're very proud of that. So that's what I'm doing all week, trying to figure out how to get a COVID, uh, to record someone telling their story with COVID for public health, but also keep the film crew safe at the same time. So yeah. my first question is like, do you have a uh, telephoto lenses? Uh, we're going to figure all that out. Definitely, definitely. Um, and as for me, I'm doing some stuff, uh, 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 an internal event at work this week, a, a couple of them actually. And I should note this, and I should have actually noted this earlier, but we didn't really talk about 5G too much. Uh, but I will, uh, I will be noting this in future episodes when we talk about it. 
But I um, have a new project that I've been working on for the last uh, couple of months with the New York Times and Verizon. I uh, was the host of a podcast. And it's called Networked, the 5G Future. And it will be out this week. It comes out on uh, on Wednesday, the, the, the 14th. Thank you very much. And uh, I'm very excited about this. And uh, basically what I did is I interviewed a bunch of different people across industries, you know, like healthcare and esports and uh, regular sports and um you know, uh, people who build cities and, and uh, you know, uh, people involved in education. And we talk about uh, just the different challenges that they face around connectivity in their lines of work and the ways that potentially better connectivity, including things like 5G, will be able to uh, improve that. And so I got to talk to some really great people. And um, I'm actually, I've only heard the first episode kind of all the way through, but uh, it's really, really good. It's about remote learning and and um, uh, virtual learning and whatnot. It's it's a good it's good stuff. So, yeah, the the engineers. I, I this is is tied to your podcast. But I'm I'm so I I'm really impressed with Verizon's commitment to like rolling this out in a way and explain it to the public. Um, you know, like they offered engineers to us on Rocket, and one of the weeks where you were out, we actually brought in one of the engineers behind mm-hmm. the five G initiative to talk about, you know, the value of it and some of the ways it helps people in remote areas. And yeah, you know, there's a larger discussion about how practical it is, but sure, it's it's a really interesting technology, and I think it has a ton of interesting applications. So we will put that uh, we'll put that old uh, interview uh, with five G engineers in the show notes and congrats on this christina we're all so proud of you thank you so much i'm really proud of it too so um yeah uh, so i'll put a link to that where uh, if you want to listen you can listen to that as well um all right so where can uh, renee where can we find you online i am at renee ritchie on all of the on all of the things so twitter youtube instagram those places excellent and please do subscribe to renee because his channel is fantastic we're gonna put we're going to put the link to subscribe to your channel in the show notes. I want every single rocket listener to go watch the iPhone event from Renee. Like you do amazing work. We crib from you all the time when we're putting the show together. I turn very bright Canadian uh, red every time it happens. But it's, it's true. It's true. So please support his work. Can I just add in that because the border closed, Brianna was forced to let me podcast with Georgia Dow again because they couldn't do any cross border (laughs) podcasting. So we're doing Apple talk. Uh, now and uh, she's so smart. Oh, and very that's lucky. awesome! Yeah, how that's is Georgia awesome. these days? She's good. I forced her to start podcasting again like three weeks ago, and I just I make her explain human behavior in the technology world to me, and I just sit there and listen for a good hour. And it's I fantastic. love it. I'm gonna call her up and bother her. Do it, that's please. She I'm needs more do. bothering. <laughs> yeah, totally. I love that. I love that. Um, and um, actually, true story. I swear to God, Renee, and I'm gonna make you really embarrassed, but a colleague of mine who I love very much um texted me today because I guess he saw us interacting on Twitter. And he was like, do you know Renee Ritchie? And I was like, yeah, I've known him forever. He was like, yeah, I just started watching his YouTube videos. He's great. And he was like very impressed that uh, that I know you. So <laughs> you made me look cool in front of my uh, very young, very cool colleague. So yay for that. Well, you've been an inspiration of mine for a decade. So it's only fair. Oh, that's so nice. That's so nice. All right. So follow Renee Ritchie on all the things. Brianna, where can people find you online? Uh, Brianna Wu on the Twitter machine. Fantastic. And uh, where can people go for for your pack? Oh, uh, Rebellion Pack, if you want to help us finally end this horror that's going on in the United States, you can do that by going to helptherebellion.com. 
Awesome. Awesome. And uh, you can find me at film underscore girl on the Twitters and the Instagrams. And you can find the videos that I do at work at youtube.com slash Microsoft developer. All right. Um, if you like this uh, podcast uh, in this episode, please give us a review on Apple Podcasts. Uh, that really helps us out. Rate and review us. Uh, also, thank you to Squarespace uh, for sponsoring this episode. Renee, thank you for being such a great guest. And uh, Simone, we miss you, but uh, you are, you're a great fill-in and we really love hearing your insights as always. This episode of Rocket is terminated. Terminated. 